Jennifer Zamparelli on 2FM. Sponsored by Virgin Mobile. We'll tell you when your phone is paid off. Virgin Mobile. Bring on amazing. Uh, earlier in Nudibus, we, talk, we were talking about um, a Strictly Come Dancing uh, professional couple who have confirmed they're expecting their first child. But what caught our attention is that they admitted they've been trying for two years. And it comes weeks after presenter Alex Jones admitted her obsession obsession is the word with having a second baby we're not talking about fertility issues we're talking about the endless cycle of trying and how difficult it can be somebody texted me saying morning guys I can completely relate to what you're saying my husband and I were trying for two years and sex definitely became almost a chore the hardest part was the symptoms before your period arrive are the same as early pregnancy so uh, you'd be convinced you're going to have a positive result Another texter says, what is the definition of trying? By having intercourse once a month on the day of ovulation, is that trying? Question mark. Is trying having intercourse every day and missing ovulation day? Is trying having intercourse every second day? It's hard to define what trying is and it's a very stressful experience. I feel like I'm always questioning whether my efforts is considered trying. It's endless stress. I've had a few miscarriages, this texter says, and have a, a constant fear I will never have kids. We are not actively, inverted commas, trying at the moment, but that doesn't stop me being stuck in my head and watching what I eat or drink, just in case. It's exhausting, this texter says. Online too now, I have psychologist Alison Keating. Um, we're talking about that period uh, in your life where you're um, trying, there's no fertility issues, but that kind of no man's land where you're in this cycle of trying and everything else is put on hold. We just had a caller there explain that she had 10 years, 10 years of that, Alison. Is this something that you see often in therapy? I see a lot. And I really connected to what she was saying about, you know, how difficult it is for people. People don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But why do people comment? And it's it's the kind of unsolicited advice when you actually are saying, yeah, if you were trying, or it's the kind of really hurtful comments, you know, oh, just relax, it'll happen. Mm. And it can feel like such, especially for, for, for women, like I know you asked, you know, did the husband feel as well? And he does. But for women, it feels like a personal failure. It's yeah. like, and they're already doing all the right things for such a long time. I mean, imagine that I was talking about 10 years, this you know, five years, six years, two years, it's a long, long time. And you're eating well and you're thinking about what you're eating and you're thinking about what you're you're drinking and you're, you know, it's having such an impact on every aspect of your life. And a lot of people would say that it, the impact on their relationship is also huge. You know, sex can feel really robotic if it's kind of timed around for a tall period. So it kind of can take the fun and the fun turns into this agony of, as the lady was saying, just before the period, those symptoms like, oh, gosh, my breasts feel a bit sore. You know, um, I'm feeling a bit different. I'm feeling really tired. And then your period arrives. Yeah. And just this awful feeling. Yeah, and let's talk about that physical aspect of it. Is it the, the, cycle, the cycle nature of what women are going through? Is that... What gets to people? You just said it there. You know, you go through the cycle. You know, mm. you're counting days, the ovulation, the period doesn't come out. And then it do, if you don't get that positive line, then you're starting all over again. So it really is like a Groundhog Day. Oh, it really is. And I mean, a Groundhog Day with loads of dates that you have to be yeah. so aware of. And it's like, OK, well, we're doing it now, you know, whether you're in the mood for it or not. And it's just feeling 
stuck in this really vicious cycle. And especially when you're trying so hard and as you say, you're doing all the right things. And then sometimes what I can see, which can be quite common, is if there can be resentment building up in the relationship. So say you're doing all the right things, but maybe the husband's having a couple of pints or he's doing things and you're like, okay, you're not as invested in this as I am. And a lot of pre-existing issues in the relationship can really come up. If you're on, you know, fertility treatment, it really obviously pays havoc with your hormones and your moods. There's so much going on. So then when someone comes in and is like, ah, you have another baby, like it just, it hurts mm. so deeply for people. And I just wish, and I'm, I've heard you have conversations about this before, and I just wish people would stop. It's not an okay question to ask. It just actually isn't because you don't actually know what's going on behind closed doors. No. Absolutely not. But are there any tips, Alison, in terms of how you can, or women and men, how you can try and keep your mind off it? And get, okay. now how do you get on with your life? How do you stop that, that no man's land of 10 years or two years or whatever it is? How do you just book that holiday and go to that Pilates class without feeling guilty? I think it's a really difficult one. It's like what people would say to me with anxiety. They're like, I just don't actually want to feel anxious or, or someone who's feeling depressed. You just can't switch it off. I think actually acknowledging how you're feeling is, it's kind of counterintuitive, but by validating how you're actually feeling. So even like, I think a journal is a really nice idea just to actually kind of write down how you're feeling. And you could just be like, I am so disappointed. I'm so upset. I'm, you know, it, it's the feeling of anger and frustration so kind of writing it down and then talking with your partner and your friends who are helpful because some friends are helpful and some friends are trying to be helpful but you leave feeling worse you know when you kind of get the comments like oh if you just relax everything will be fine so ironically I think actually by processing the emotions you actually are able to then go and do other things that are quite engaging. So things like, I don't care what people do. They can do boxing, they can go hiking. You know, something that actually is an activity that's kind of engaging will be helpful. Yeah, because yeah. it can be quite help. secretive as well. A lot of yeah. women go through this and a lot of people go through this and it can be quite lonely because they don't want to voice it so keeping a journal is a, and acknowledging those feelings and, and keep a note of it and your feelings is is a very very good idea can I ask you Alison and if you got, you're going through all this and eventually it doesn't work as it doesn't yeah. for so many and you need to move on with your life without a longed for child is that a form of bereavement counselling? I actually think it's a huge loss and if we think about you know loss Loss isn't just, it's about kind of the loss that you have now, but it is the future that you'd planned for. It's the future that you'd hoped for. So maybe you had this idea of you had a certain amount of number in your head of children that you would have hoped to have had. So I think, again, talking about that together as a couple. And again, it is a nice idea to do something like a journal because couples can kind of get stuck in a stalemate as well. Where they're like, I've heard all this before. Nothing's actually changed. And, and again, it can bring up issues in the relationship. Um, if, if, if necessary, I think it's good to talk through with a therapist for your individually or as a couple to kind of process the loss of the child that you'd hoped to have had and or if there were issues in the relationship where one wanted and one didn't. Um, so, you know, that I see that. That's really, really common. So I think the thing in terms of how do you live your life, I think it's just look for moments of activities that are really engaging so you can lose yourself for a small amount of time. But I think... When it's there, you're not trying to block out that the thoughts are there, but you're saying, do you know what? I'm going to actually come back to that later. And one other thing I'd say, Jennifer, is that 
there's an amazing um, meditation that you can do. I'll put a link up for it, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's how to process difficult emotions. Now, when I say this is a difficult meditation, I mean it. So you do this when you have a bit of time. And I think this is a really nice way, as you say, to kind of grieve or to process those immensely painful feelings. Um, so it just it's called soften, soothe, allow. So you kind of soften the feelings that are actually there, you soothe them, and then you allow them to come up. Because I think, like you're saying, it's so secretive that sometimes people aren't sharing with other people. So you might be kind of cross and irritable with other people when they say things, and they don't even know they're hurting your feelings. Um, whereas when you acknowledge and process what this is actually like for you, and I think for me, it's very important to process it at a body level because it's such a physical thing. It's such an emotional thing. It's such a huge psychological part. And I'd say that longing, I think it deserves to be kind of honored. Yeah. Um, and to and I know the sense, I, I often say with grief, I, I like the idea of planting flowers. So even you could plant a little, like a little kind of some flowers or something in your garden that kind of, it brings you to a memory of thinking that that was the child I'd hoped to have and giving yourself some space to kind of acknowledge it. Like it's, it's a reminder in a in a different way that's kind of alongside of you rather than, it's still painful, but you're thinking about it in a different way, that it's in your mind, but in a softer way, if that yeah. makes sense. That makes complete sense. And I'm, I'm sure you've helped a lot of people because I'm getting a lot of texts in from people saying we're actually going through this right now. So, Alison, thank you so much for coming on the show. That was Alison Keating. She is an author, psychologist, and you can find her as The Practical Psychologist on Instagram. So what do you think? Will Alison's advice help you move on from that never-ending cycle of trying, or is there anything that worked for you? I'd love to hear from you. 51552. Jennifer Zamparelli on 2FM.